Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nuke. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 80! Ooh, so Ooh. many, so many episodes. Who'd have thunk it? Seems grand. Well done, us. Aren't we marvellous? <laughs> we are amazing. 80 episodes. We haven't <laughs> killed each other yet. There's still time before 100. Oh, absolutely. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. All right. Bloody hell, we've been planning this. Uh, how are you, Nick? I'm all right. Got another Negroni. It's Negroni week, so I'm having Negroni at all times. It's Negroni week. Yay! So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's my only <laughs> drink. I'm, that's all I'm having this week. No tea, no coffee, no, no water, just Negronis, 24 hours a Even at work, just wandering through those meetings. Mm-hmm. Negroni, anyone? Negroni? Negroni? Two Negronis. On my, on my cereal. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> What cereal would Negroni go with? Or none, I feel. No. Perhaps some cornflakes or something. You never know. Oh, <laughs> Marking to the episode here. Well, that, well, that's nice. Yeah. That you're shit-faced on Negronis. Oh, gotcha. I sound a bit husky. The Patreon subscribers will know I've had a horrible cold all week. Uh, was dying when recording the Patreon episode, but I feel a bit better now, so it's but all right. But you made it through. I did make it through, but my voice sounds a bit weird. Okay. <laughs> well, normally we record together, but I can't this week because I'm ill and you wouldn't let me Is in the house. <laughs> No, absolutely. Be gone. Keep away. Any poisonings this week? I don't believe that. I've been too busy with Negronis to be noticed. I haven't noticed anything. <laughs> this was the week to slip something into your Negroni, clearly. Oh, absolutely. I would have drunk it without a second second thought. <laughs> so. Someone could have been standing, pouring from a bottle with a skull and crossbones on it. And you'd be like, I'll take it. I don't care. I don't as, care. I don't as care. As long as it's got some Campari in there, I'll be necking it back. <laughs> well, speaking of keeping away from things and drowning in Negronis, I think it's time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. In Indeed, we shall thank them with a Negroni. Thank you very much. Thank you to Christine Shapiro. To Jacob Hollingsworth. And to Dorothy Truio. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, you sexy, sexy, sexy people. Nick, how drunk are you? Because you're swaying back Well, I'm I'm swaying. Yes, in a sort of... I'm on a boat sort of way. (laughs) Yeah, your audio is going to be really interesting on this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Nick, are you ready? No. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Way ahead of you. (laughs) Or we could drink poison and talk about Negronis. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, you've changed it up a bit there. 
you're thrown me. You just don't know what to say. I what just to don't do. know. I'm, yeah, I'm just drinking the Negroni. That's all I'm going to do. Okay, should we go with the first one yes, with the Negroni? Let's do it. Excellent. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Well, it's my story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and what flavour? Our cocktail of the week. My story this week, so my pick. Ah. And this week's secret ingredient is oranges oranges it sort of feels crazy that this hasn't been an ingredient because well, it's been in everything we've very, done very very unadventurous i feel but fine oranges it is complain when i give you an easy ingredient especially when you're going to I skip me something you, easy i think i can complain <laughs> i try and give you other stuff i give you human fat you complain <laughs> after after the the absolute bollocking i got last week for for the introducing <laughs> the oranges into that cocktail didn't hear didn't hear the end of that one um <laughs> well that was a screwdriver with apricot brandy in it it was just it was awful ruined so, oranges for everyone <laughs> just ruined oranges forever well sometimes when we put orange juice in things it does not work out hopefully i will have redeemed myself this week i don't know it could be dreadful i've never had this one before who knows but we shall find out i have high hopes for you nick that's very kind that's very kind so this week say it's not what i've heard of heard of before we are having a cotillion oh oh my goodness what (laughs) we're having a cotillion cocktail this week a cotillion what's a cotillion it's a cocktail does that mean anything, cotillion? Um, well, yeah, well, the cotillion with a Q is in. Oh, is, uh, well, this is this is with a C, <laughs> so I don't know if it means. But cotillion with a Q, I think it's pronounced the same way. Isn't that um, in sort of like the southern states and things when they have sort of like almost like a coming out sort of ball for young women and stuff like that? Isn't that cotillion? Oh, is it? I mean, you could say anything right now, Nick. Watching too many random programs <laughs> that are complete bollocks. We're just we're watching Jezebel on loop. <laughs> But this is this is not that. So forget all about that because this this is not that. This begins with a C. If it's spelt with a Q, it's this. But it's not spelt without at it's all. Not, it's not spelt without. It, but it sounds the same. Spelt with a K and with a T. It's spelt with a C. Tequilian. With a key, a cotillion. <laughs> Mcillion. Yeah, which we're going to give it a go and see what happens. So a cotillion. I want to know what that means now. Well, if it is a kind of a coming out ball, I'm thinking, oh, fancy on the southern states, fanning ourselves. My goodness, you all red. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it. Google. Ooh. Oh, you know what it is. It's very exciting. I wish I had Googled this before. It's an elaborate 18th century French dance. (laughs) (laughs) That I am going to make up halfway through this episode and I'm going to do a little jig. Do the dance. <laughs> what, now? Now. I need to find the steps first. But if it's 18th century, I don't think there's there's footage on YouTube. <laughs> a sketchbook, perhaps. A sketchbook, just like, like, like a flip book, really quickly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, if anyone knows how to do the cotillion, mm. do the cotillion, it's popular dance craze, uh, do send us a little video of you doing it or just make something up. It'd be great. I'm excited. There's a dance that goes with this drink. What more could you ask for? Well, I think it is time for us, given that I have the plague, for us to go into our isolation kitchens yet again and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick. A cotillion. Cotillion. And what I do have to say is I did some Googling as I was out making this as well. And it turns <laughs> okay. out that I that I must stop presenting half-remembered random dreams as fact because it's bollocks really <laughs> cotillion with a q does not exist at all a cotillion with a c is the fancy ball as well as a dance oh it's the ball and the dance but with a q why a did q? you put I, don't, a q I don't know there? where i got a q from in your dream you were like i'm going to the q grade one yes it's extra fancy the extra fa- extra fancy ball with all the q's <laughs> 
Oh, you had to queue up to go in. Perhaps that's where I got it from. <laughs> okay, so this is, oh, lovely, a nice kind of coming out ball and the fancy dance that you do when you're in the coming out ball. Exactly so, yes. I hope it's a good dance. It's not a shit dance or something. Well, it's going to be like YMCA or something like that. That's what I did at my coming out ball, I'm sure. <laughs> did you have a coming out ball? We need to hear oh, this it story. Like, it's, it's raining men or something, I don't know. <laughs> that's a hell of a way. Mum, Dad, by the way. <laughs> lovely back to the cocktail <laughs> back to the cocktail so it it's very orange i'm afraid because i don't know i'm, I'm sorry you chose orange as an ingredient oranges as an ingredient and you are afraid that it is in fact orange well okay the other i will tell you what my other options for this one were mm. nothing nothing yes we could have no cocktails no whatsoever. cocktails whatsoever or or maybe a tomato and then you would have hit me because it would have been like bloody mary or something yeah. see there you go i have no issue with the oranges you have the issue with the orange not me no i have an issue with I you love, making me bad orange. orangey cocktails that's what i have an issue with <laughs> anyway you, it's your chance to redeem yourself well no i hope not now i hope it's, I hope it's vile well nick has delivered me a special vial of cocktails that he may have <laughs> done things to yeah absolutely preempting my attitude problem exactly but i'm excited i haven't had a cocktail all week because i've been ill yay so let's dive in okay very orangey looks promising cheers merry christmas okay. merry christmas oh. <laughs> it's <clears throat> stings the nostrils but in a good way no it doesn't it's very sharp Meh. i find that a bit of bland yeah it's very yeah. sharp and strong. Um, I don't know. I don't mind it, but then I have had a cold all week, and so I I can barely taste as it is. So this is probably cutting through quite nicely for me. And I need the vitamin C. So uh, I think it's perfect. It's perfectly pleasant. It's not amazing. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's not as bad. It's nothing like last last week. It, there's stuff in it. Uh, there is stuff I in it. I don't know yeah. what. It's just a, it's just like a glass of orange juice, really. That's all it is. It is, isn't it's it? Just a glass of orange yeah. juice. This is the thing. Orange juice cocktails. What is it with the orange juice? <laughs> God damn it. We'll, we'll talk us through it. What's what's in this? What should we be tasting? Okay, so we have a base of bourbon. What? There's bourbon. Base of bourbon. 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 Uh, well, there is triple sec. So an orangey twang there from some nice. triple sec. We have some orange juice. A further orangey mm. twang, um, and then some lemon for a citrusy twang. And lemon as well. Lots of twanging going on in this cocktail. Um, <laughs> it does twang when you yeah. first sip it. It's a lot of citrus in there and not a lot of sugar. So we've gone for a double whammy of orange with triple sec and juice. Nice, nice. So, yeah. uh, no problems with that. Yeah. So the difficulty is, because as you said before, we use triple sec in so many of the cocktails that we make. It's actually quite difficult to find something that, that really good that we haven't done already because there are loads of amazing cocktails with triple sec like um, yeah. cosmopolitans and corpse revivers and, yeah. margaritas and orange martinis, and, orange martinis yeah. and white ladies and all these things but we've yeah, done that's all. very true <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm sorry so it's trying to find something that we haven't done before featuring the orange so this is what we come up with we haven't actually done a cosmopolitan yet nick oh perhaps it's just but i like drinking them oh i should have done that <laughs> yeah but i know you don't like them. i know i know you don't like them no but i i'm i've not been convinced by a good cosmopolitan and i would have been converted had you made me one but you missed a uh, chance now well i did cranberry so. will come up soon don't worry <laughs> maybe for christmas maybe for christmas or thanksgiving or, yeah, thanksgiving or something <laughs> then we'll have we'll have cosmopolitans for all you know yeah. what that one that cocktail i think that's going to be quite nice to drink it's not full of flavor but i think that will mellow and it'll be perfectly nice and drinkable perfectly perfectly nice absolutely yeah. perfectly nice it's not 
I suppose it's difficult because the cocktails I tend to lean towards are the big, they smack you in the face. Yes. Um, cocktails, the red hooks and things like that. They're the ones yeah. I lean towards. And you've conditioned me towards them. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is probably not a good thing, really. Yeah. So cocktails like this, which are slightly more subtle, um, perhaps <laughs> my, my taste buds are so blunted by oomphy flavours that I, I don't appreciate something like this as i should we don't have a lot of juice-based drinks really we, we're not a kind of you know you, you and your youth and your, with your screwdrivers but these days we don't really have a gin and orange or a vodka and orange or a vodka and cranberry juice we 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 are so used to as you said making short sharp powerful they take up drinks the alcohol space like it's, it's precious glass space that could be used for booze give us a negroni any day of the week absolutely well you know what it's nice it's named after a fabulous dance we hope Yes. And a fancy party. And a fancy party. You know what? I'm happy with it. Well, Nick, with our cotillions firmly in hand, we're okay with this. We're going to go in. Shall we go into the ball, Nick, together? I would Shall love we? to go into the ball. Let's. Uh, we're not going into the ball. Boo. But it is time for a story. Excellent. As I said earlier, and you've probably been able to tell by my husky tones and musky odour, I've been <laughs> under the weather this week. I've not been well. It's, it's, it's coming through over the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I demanded that we record this remotely. So it's perhaps not surprising that, given that I've been ill, I have been searching the internet for various home remedies and treatments to help me beat this pesky cold of mine. And while I found many curious options for home health and many amusing tales of remedies gone wrong, both old and new, my eyes fell upon the story of one well-known quack whose road to wellness proved deadly for many in her care. (laughs) And this is the option you've chosen as your get well regime. I did. I looked at this and went, this is clearly the way forward because (laughs) uh, it'll it'll kill me so I don't have to suffer anymore. Yes, this week we are telling the story of Dr. in inverted commas, Linda Hazard. Mm, I think doctor is questionable in this. Very much so. Uh, one of the most requested cases we've had to date. We've mm-hmm. had loads of people asking us about this case, and we we kind of went back and forth on it because it's it's a bit bleak. It's a bit bleak. Not jolly. Well, generally, murder in the whole is not an overly jolly subject. We make this it is fun. the argument we come back to all the time, but <laughs> so. we're finally doing it, and it is a curious murder case, if ever there was one. As I said, this one is a bit bleak. There are moments of humour that I have found, and God damn it, I will wring it out of this. I story. will exploit viciously. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be making light uh, along the way of the whole subject of wellness. However, some people may find this subject matter a little triggering, so please tread carefully. Feel free to take a break for more Negronis if you need them. <laughs> for you see, Nick, there has always been a market for weird and wonderful curative treatments, and they are most popular with those who are heavy of purse and light of good sense. but before we dive into the darkness of this case i thought it was a good opportunity for us to look at wellness treatments we've talked about it a little bit in the past when exploring Mm -hmm. poison your phosphorus pills your strychnine your doses of arsenic that used to be handed out in the name of wellness but this week we're covering a different side of the whole health regime let's roll up roll up nick to sinead's fabulous emporium of ridiculous remedies nice i like it Uh, let's start with a few old wives tales uh what do you do to treat a cold um generally some sort of lemsip is in order as many over-the-counter drugs i can as i can get <laughs> I, you know you're fond of the sort of ginger and the honey and the lemons and the chili such like i'm going no i want full-on chemical action <laughs> is what i'm after indeed yeah ginger and garlic and chili blow my head off clear out the sinuses that's the way forward but also taking ibuprofen at the same time but yes this cocktail is quite good because it's full of vitamin c that's good for you la, la, la. uh what would you use to cure an upset stomach again probably some some sort of medicinal substances <laughs> 
I, I feel you got things like ginger. Yes. Oh no, see, no, see, I, I don't, I can't be doing with all that. No, just no, Gaviscon and that's it. Gaviscon and chemo, yeah, more chemicals, more pharmaceuticals. Bring <laughs> it on. What about curing a hangover? Well, so that is generally either more sleep. Oh, uh, very good, very more good. sleep, more booze. <laughs> More Negronis, or just crying. <laughs> those are all very good systems. I like <laughs> those. those. Are my, my current treatments, not necessarily in that order. Yes, application of bacon. Those are good ones. I'm sure everyone's got their own little old wives' remedy of how to cure your various kind of common colds and ailments. Over the years, though, there have been plenty of bizarre treatments that have been advertised to the world to help you shed pounds or relovelify your face or just get you back to the best of health. I, I, so I, have, to, I have to say, I do love relovelification. Relovelification. As a as a term, as a practice, I think relovelification <laughs> is brilliant. Relovelifying your face is very I important. I relovelify your face. Particularly for women. Women, sort yourself out. Quite right. So some of the advertised treatments that have uh, have existed, uh, if you've got a problem with having sugary sweets, just swap them for a nice healthy cigarette. Oh, quite right. Absolutely. Anything lung-based, really, is a cigarette is what's going to cure exactly. you. Exactly. Lucky Strike advertised that in, nine, in the 1920s mm. to help people kick sugary cravings just have a nice cigarette that'll be fine particularly in the states i think um doctors would advertise camels that would be paid by camel the cigarette brand not the animals yes not by actual camels (laughs) america is run by camels people no by the cigarette brand to promote yes camel cigarettes as a a way to clear chesty coughs some great advertising posters and things in this time cigarettes are great great. i don't know why we went back on this it was absolutely fine the way it was (laughs) there were things like in the early 20th century tapeworms tapeworms yep. to help you lose weight just Absolutely. just swallow a tapeworm that'll That's be fine I, uh, this is this was a sort of a mid 20th century thing uh did, have you heard of weight loss glasses weight loss glasses no i can't yes. say i have no with the blue tint apparently the blue tint on glasses makes food unappealing oh. so if you look at food through a blue tint you won't want to eat it <laughs> So weight okay. loss glasses will help you. No, I've you. not heard of that one before. I didn't know that. It's interesting. A couple from our dear old friends, the Greeks and the Romans, they, they, they've they stole each other's ideas. <laughs> For any mouth ailments or just to keep your mouth healthy, a nice urine mouthwash. Oh, quite right. Quite right. Well, it's, it's very sterile and cleansing. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of like, ammonia in there, which is going to clean things and kill bacteria and the like and apparently portuguese wee is the best for whitening your teeth <laughs> well i don't know where i read that but only a couple of days um and the, the roman empire taxed bottles of portuguese urine no they didn't they what? did they did there, there was a particular emperor i said why the hell i was reading this on wikipedia why, were you like, reading, why are you ago. waving a hairbrush at me while you're saying this because um, i'm making a point there was a particular roman emperor who actually taxed the import of portuguese urine because it was in such high demand and he made a fortune off the Im- import taxes uh, I mean, maybe he was on to something. Portuguese people coming to visit. Do they have a particularly <laughs> good diet? Well, I'm sure they do. Lots, of, lots of fresh seafood and things like that. I don't, don't know. Don't try and justify it, Nick. Well, I don't I think know. from thousands of years ago, I think their diet has changed somewhat. Essentially, yes. <laughs> the Romans and the Greeks also loved a face mask using crocodile dung. Nice. Yes, classic. anti-aging, apparently. That's dangerous all round. Whether you have a crocodile on standby or some sort of hoist. <laughs> <laughs> No crocodiles don't going to be happy either way. And also, how do you discover these things? <laughs> how is do it just you some find sort of, out? Like, Greek woman just like casually walking down through a 
through the swamp and just fell into a big <laughs> pile of crocodile poo and then acted like, I meant to do that all along. It's really good for your face. And they were really caught on. All her friends said, like, you look 20 years younger. Yeah. This is amazing. Well, I mean, we'll come to even more crazy stuff that in the, in the modern so. day. I, I should reference as well, of course, the, the crazy practices of Dr. Kellogg in uh, Battle Creek Sanatorium, one of the premier wellness resorts of its time in the sort of mid to late 1800s. Dr. Kellogg, yes, the guy who made the cereals, um, <laughs> had this huge sprawling retreat in Michigan. Uh, very popular with Rich and Famous and they just love to come there and when you hear about the treatments you go why why did anyone go you know a uh, nut based diet okay nuts we all like nuts yogurt enemas yep. great yep, yep, yep. good 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 um salt rubs lots of salt rubs mm-hmm. cold mitten frictions and i have not been able to find out what that is cold unless you rub down with cold mittens you rub down sort of exfoliating thing or but they used to put the hands in mittens so cold mitten friction and i don't know maybe rubbing your hands together uh hot and cold baths obviously but yeah. a lot of this uh, regular exercise and each building had a basement devoted to rectal and bowel applications nice it's nice, nice. to have a room it's <laughs> nice to have a yeah it's nice to have a, a separate area for such things yes rather than just the library <laughs> just doubles up i mean that's how he originally came up with the idea for cornflakes there's a particular mm. term and it escapes me which is the opposite of an aphrodisiac i think it's like anaphrodisiac or something like that but it's basically anti distinctly minty it's um, basically the term that means a, f- a food that is just so dull and boring that it makes sex just desperately unappealing it just turns well, yes sort of reduces sexual libido and things like that and that's where cornflakes came from well indeed he believed that a plain diet would prevent sexual arousal he was mm. a big believer in eliminating sexual stimulation mainly masturbation and that would lead to excellent health if you abstained from any sexual arousal so don't eat fancy food hence the cornflake must have been a hoot at parties had a chili once beat himself blue <laughs> but then also he was a big fan of eugenics and mm. race and race segregation so that's that's always yeah. fun as well and he also got into genital mutilation and yeah. things like that so that's just yeah, he wasn't great no no yeah, he's awful. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ups and downs. But what has truly changed, Nick, I ask you? We're just as willing today to trust a glossy-faced human swizzle stick on Instagram promoting restorative teas and foot detoxes as the Romans were to let a crocodile shit on their heads. A few of us will remember the things like the cabbage soup diets and the using dolly cutlery to reduce your food intake. I don't remember that. Raw food movements. I've I've never had any issue with my food intake, it has to be said. (laughs) Uh, Eating baby food. Eating baby food because then you have fewer calories. No, I would just have eaten like... Like 15 pots of baby food. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'm so slim. <laughs> I'm still hungry. <laughs> Some trends today, things like uh, jade eggs for your vajayjay. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah, very important. Very, you know, jade makes you superhuman, apparently. <laughs> uh, vaginal steaming with herbs. No idea. No, there's no no reason for it. Hay bathing. Apparently lie in some hay and it's really right. restorative. But I think a farmer did it once and had a bit of a sleep. And everyone again, went, oh. no, it's just people <laughs> fell over in a field. They were a bit pissed. They fell over in a field and everyone went, oh, that looks really comfortable because they were snoring their heads off in the hay. And it was like, oh, yeah, it's like restorative. And I got the hay was like, <laughs> restorative, yeah. It's like the one with nature. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> this is true i did look it up and even though everyone was like are you kidding me in the sort of 2010s a tiny bit uh semen facials mm. and they tried to tout that uh very good for reducing redness giving a glow that is come from a mind of a 16 year old who took a punt <laughs> <laughs> and made a fucking fortune i have no doubt <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Nowadays, you've also got CBD-infused leggings, which I think is fantastic. Yes, yes, I've heard of this, indeed. <laughs> Put on leggings, get high. Lovely. Well, you have caffeine ones as well, don't you? Oh, yes, no, you do. They're sort of like, to like reduce cellulite or something. A cellulite, like, yeah. Um, caffeine's supposed to reduce cellulite. And it's like, no, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, IV drips, charcoal drinks, uh, cryotherapy, where you freeze yourself to death for a bit. It's all the rage, all the rich tapestry of madness. But have any of these remedies worked? No. Well, time will tell with the new ones. Pretty sure all the people who used them long ago are dead and don't look too fresh. <laughs> this should go to show that it's all too easy to be duped. Maybe gullible, maybe desperate people can be duped into parting with cash in return for some sort of miracle treatment for your aches and pains or to combat ageing or just to cure the melancholy in your heart. But I was going to say, have, have you? there's a really good documentary that I saw, which actually about these things that really work. Um, okay. Yeah, it was really crocodile good. Crocodile Dundee? No, it wasn't Crocodile Dundee. No, what was it? <laughs> was it Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it had, it had Bruce Willis in it. Um, what? Death Becomes Her. Excellent documentary <laughs> about staying young forever. I That's really how thought you were building work. to something there. No, I've had like uh, three cocktails. I've got a clear one. But all of this brings us to Linda Hazard. So Linda was born Linda Burfield in Minnesota in 1867, one of eight children. Now, not much is known about her childhood. Would you like to make something up? Um, was her father a duke? Uh, he could have been. Was he the Duke of Hazard? The d- <gasps> no, she married a guy called. Oh, Hazard. boo! The Duke of Burfield, and he was just going <laughs> find a guy called Hazard. Why? This is this is the eighteen hundreds. Trust me, trust me. I'm psychic, and okay. this is how I choose to use my powers. <laughs> it was apparently a respectable household. Nothing untoward that we know of. At eighteen, she married. She has two children, but then, for reasons unknown, she walks out on her family in eighteen ninety eight, age thirty one. Just, yeah, I'm bored of you. Away you go. (laughs) Because Linda has big plans ahead of her. Linda fancies herself as a bit of a doctor, as you may have guessed. Mm. Now, we don't know where her interest in medicine comes from, but she, with no training whatsoever, manages to obtain a license to practice medicine in Washington State. Some sort of lies may have been employed here. No, it's a loophole. It is a loophole. Getting the license means people who wanted to practice alternative medicine didn't need to have a degree in order to get a license. All right, because it was alternative. It was alternative. So it's just just rocked up. I've read something once. (laughs) Maybe they were just like, okay, good luck to you. Anyone who comes to you deserves to die. I don't care. (laughs) But yes, she gets a license to practice medicine. She can't call herself a doctor because she's not qualified, but it's it's not going to stop her at all. No, 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 no. She is a doctor now. She has a license. Linda has spent many years, it seems, studying the benefits and practices of fasting. That Uh, is her particular area of alternative medicine. She reads and learns and indeed now believes that fasting could cure all manner of diseases and illnesses in the body. Purge yourself of your impurities because if you clog up your digestive system, you are putting more impurities into the blood and that's causing all your pain, all your illness, all the terrible things in you. Just get rid of things. Don't eat and you'll be fine. Yep, that's how that works. Now, some of you might be going, fasting isn't exactly new. Obviously, fasting has its place in Islam and in Christianity. But fasting there is much more about self-sacrifice and spiritual yeah, health. It's not about, um, yeah, it's not about bodily health, is it there? It's not about <laughs> no, 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 spiritual no. pursuit. Yeah, obviously, people have to fast before certain surgeries for obvious reasons. And yet today, there are plenty of medical professionals who advocate the use of occasional intermittent fasting 
let's not all jump on the bandwagon of like fasting is really great because let this story be a lesson to you. Back in the 1880s, fasting is seen as a quack cure, as it kind of is now. Nothing but a fad. But Linda is prepared to change all of this. She is going to write book after book. She starts off writing her first book. I think this is her first book, actually. There's some discrepancy about the date it's published. But she writes The Science of Fasting. Nice. Mm. Very soon styling herself as a doctor, Dr. Linda Burfield. And occasional fasting isn't enough for Linda. No, no. She is going to make it the cornerstone of her work. Constant fasting. Occasional is not just constant fasting forever. (laughs) It's what you need. I tried intermittent fasting once. My husband made me stop because I was getting very, very angry after a few days. (laughs) He's like, you need to not do this anymore. You get very angry without a sandwich after about three hours. So days, I can't imagine the rage. No, I go go through long periods where I forget to eat or I forget to get lunch or anything. But I just need a little snacky snack. Just a little snacky snack. That's all I need. You know, and then I'm like building up to a big dinner. When I'm told, no, you can't have anything. I'm like, shut the fuck up. What? <laughs> I would kill you. I would catch you. <laughs> I would eat you. That's what I would do. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Linda's start in her career is a little slow, but steady. Yeah, until an unfortunate incident in 1902, when one of her first patients appears to have starved to death. That's less good. It's not great. No, not a great advertisement. No, the coroner examines the body and goes, they've clearly died of starvation. (laughs) They were clearly very hungry. Insists on knowing who has been treating the poor emaciated man who has died. All fingers point to Linda. He attempts to take her to court. Oh, good for him. That legal loophole around her licence works its wonders again. In short, she is not licensed to practice traditional medicine, so therefore she's not technically held accountable for the man's care. 
Oh, oh, that's that's a dodgy loophole. That, but this this sort of stays. The alternative therapies people choose to have it, and they advocate it, and they go, "No, I nominate to have this." She has not forced this upon anyone. True, true. Yes, yes. So he can stop at any time he wants. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so she's not accountable for what the man has apparently done to himself. A subtle flaw, but one that allows Linda to walk free. And curiously enough, no one ever does work out what happened to the lovely expensive rings that the patient was known to wear. Hmm. Ate them in a rage. He ate them off his hand. <laughs> and also gold is very curative in, this, in the yeah, intestine. Yes. Yeah. After this trifling business, and once her divorce from her first marriage is finalised, she does get divorced, Linda meets Samuel Chrisom hazard a nice. fine upstanding man who has been in the army but was kicked out for embezzling army funds <laughs> also a raging drunk so clearly not fasting but linda is in love and they marry and they hit a small rough patch when it's discovered that samuel is taken to court on account of bigamy since he already has two wives nice nice excellent work samuel forgot to get divorced that was it. It's an easy thing to forget, though, isn't yeah, it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're new. You meet someone new. You fall in love. It's all very romantic, and it's like, oh, how exciting! You forget that you've got two wives because this is is a new thing. It's something fun. We've yeah. all woken up in the night and just gone, oh shit, my wife, <laughs> my, my three wives, <laughs> three wives. God, they'll be wondering where I am. Usually with me, it's like the oven. I'm like, oh, and also my three wives. <laughs> they should turn the oven off. <laughs> <laughs> What are they for if not to turn the oven off? <laughs> but, well, he ends up in jail for two years for his bigamy. But he and Linda reconcile when he gets out. Oh. Uh, she forgives him or, you know, wives are forgettable. There we go. <laughs> but not the third wife. No. Now, Dr. Linda Hazard and Samuel head for Seattle. And this is around 1908. And Linda starts work on her new book, Fasting, The Cure for Diseases, and sets up her practice in Seattle and also works on a sanatorium in Olala named Wilderness Heights. Say that one again. Olala. Olala. I like that. Olala. I knew knew (laughs) you were going to hone in on that. Oh, I may be saying it wrong. It might be oh la la. Oh la la, absolutely. Oh la la. <laughs> now, as with any good fatty health cure, free-spirited rich people are intrigued when they hear of this so-called miracle cure that is being doled out at Wilderness Heights, where she works. She soon has a steady influx of patients with various complaints and with rather sizable wallets. Now, Dr. Hazard is said to be very commanding in her demeanour, radiating arrogance and authority with a booming voice. She was a doctor in her mind and to these patients she should be treated with the utmost respect and they should listen to her diagnosis without question she was said to have a stormy look that was almost hypnotic and 12 stethoscopes around her neck (laughs) to to impress her expert doctorly ways exactly how do i look like a doctor i need several stethoscopes the more stethoscopes the better the higher you are in the ranks of doctoring way down with stethoscopes (laughs) she's wheeled in on a trolley every day so when she instructs newcomers that they would be existing on nothing but light juices and broths in tiny amounts with regular enemas to get rid of anything they did swallow. They meekly agreed and shuffled off to their rooms, hopeful as ever that this would indeed be the path to wellness. But a detox spa weekend this was not, Nick. Okay. The patients soon discovered that these enemas would last hours. There's only so much water you can get up there, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) 
But if you've got the, you've got the tap on for hours, then people are going to be uncomfortable and expanding rapidly. Exactly. What they're trying to find, who knows? <laughs> the massages that they're trying to do are violent affairs that leave them bruised and battered in huge amounts of pain. And the meals were practically non-existent. Just enough sustenance to keep them going, but really nothing substantial. And whatever anyone says about fasting, and even though these patients signed up to and agreed to this treatment and stayed there, fasting certainly isn't good for you after 50 days straight. God, no. Can you imagine? Why would you stay? People were just committed to it. Well, actually, when you do fast after a certain period of time, you can enter a sort of a euphoric state as mm. well as your body shutting down. Like, you know, you do get rid of some toxins in theory. You're getting rid of a lot of crap in your system and you suddenly go so lightheaded because you haven't eaten for ages. People feel euphoric and they're completely clear of mind and they talk about how amazing they feel. While they're dying. Uh, they mm. don't want to go. Whatever reason, they stay. They, they stay it. and they stick to it. As did Daisy Hagland, a wealthy Norwegian woman who died in 1908, aged 38, after not eating for 50 days. She would leave, I think, a three-year-old son. Oh, Christ. She would later be revealed to have stomach cancer. An autopsy showed that she had stomach cancer. And of course, Dr. Hazard claims that is the cause of death. Yes, she had stomach cancer. Nothing that I did would have ever affected her. No, 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 no. Not at all that she hasn't eaten for three months <laughs> no the fasting doesn't help in that case yeah indeed not another inmate ida wilcox died later that year after 47 days without food now as i said in between these deaths patients perhaps on shorter stays raved about the treatments left feeling rejuvenated and praised the work of dr hazard maybe these were people who didn't that linda didn't want hanging around maybe they were too strong-willed for her or maybe they had far too many relatives who had an interest in them staying alive also hmm. but these are the people who are going to get new people to her who indeed are going, who are going to be out in the world going oh my god it's amazing you must try this new miracle cure exactly and then she's going to get more customers through the door who she can take advantage of yeah it's not as if she has created a massive killing farm that would be unwise and would not be a good business plan i feel it's not good long term really is it if everyone no. who goes in dies instantly it's not good for business <laughs> yeah absolutely well when violet heaton died in march 1909 complaints began to start rumbling but the health director in Seattle could do nothing as with before these people had willingly gone into this woman's care and Dr Hazard insisted every time that the death was because of some existing health condition not her mm. methods fasting did not cause them to die her system was faultless yet every death recorded by an official coroner after an autopsy was listed as starvation Yeesh. Dr. Hazard actually did her own autopsies. Shockingly, never thought it was starvation. Oh, and God, she couldn't not. even do an autopsy. She's yeah, I mean, not how qualified. Would how would she know what the hell was going she on? She lifted up their shirt and just went, yep, cancer. <laughs> There's an interesting death in between the many others that I'll come to now. But in 1909, there was a death in the grounds of the sanatorium. Eugene Wakeland, aged 26, was found dead from a gunshot wound to the head. Well, that's not very fasting related. No. It was assumed to be suicide, but there was n it was never really determined what happened there. And there's very little information about it. Lots of theories and, you know, surmising that did Hazard kill him because he wasn't rich enough or was he letting something slip or had he just he had enough? He snuck an apple or something <laughs> from, 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 a, from the orchard. He, he snuck an apple and he's like, no, you're eating an apple. He was having chicken nuggets. <laughs> you got to deliver rule. Deliver rule. 
<laughs> she saw that green little bicycle come round the corner. No. <laughs> Out with the shotgun. Maybe he just shot himself because he was so hungry. In 1910, there were two more deaths. Uh, it was 24-year-old Earl Edward Erdman. I think his first name is Earl. I don't think he is an Earl. He was I said, a, yes, I, I, let's, let's go with that. I'm yes, not. <laughs> he was a civil engineer. He might have been an Earl. Lots of very high rank and falutin people did come to this sanatorium. Absolutely. Not a lot of aristocracy in the States, though, it has to be said. Earl Edward Erdman would shine a light on the diet of a typical Wilderness Heights patient. He had come there because of painful indigestion after finding no help from traditional doctors. And he kept a diary of his food intake. Mm-hmm. So it's a little lengthy. That's, that's not uncommon. That's, that's often done. Yeah. So I shall scamper through this as much as I can. But this, these are different entries throughout February, throughout the month of February. First one is, saw Dr. Hazard and began treatment this date, February 1st. No breakfast, mashed soup dinner, mashed soup supper. Mashed soup. Delightful. Delightful. And a very common ingredient, carrying on here, one orange breakfast. <laughs> Mash soup dinner, mash soup supper. Next day, one orange breakfast. Did he have an orange for breakfast or was the breakfast orange? <laughs> what well, is just melted cheese? That'd be amazing. Yeah, melted cheese or what's it or something like that or some carrots. I'm going to go with an orange. Gonna with go an, with orange, an orange, okay. Yeah. Just clarification. Yeah. So yeah, then he switches to strained soup dinner, strained soup supper, another orange for breakfast, another orange for dinner and for supper the following day. Two oranges for breakfast. The extravagance. Mm, no dinner, no supper. On February 14th, Valentine's Day, one cup of strained tomato broth at 6pm. One cup of hot strained tomato soup night and morning. Then he gets more strained soup, slept better that night, head quite dizzy, eyes yellow streaked and red. That's always, that's that's a healthy look, absolutely. Uh, 17th February, ate three oranges today. 19th February, doesn't recall what he ate and just went, slept well Saturday night. Does Claire ask, does she own an orange farm? (laughs) She might do. (laughs) Does she have some sort of shares in a plantation somewhere? It's a lot (laughs) of oranges oranges. for people. Well, exactly. (laughs) Maybe they think they're oranges and it's just dust painted. He eats the the strained juice of two small oranges at 10am, dizzy all day, ate strained juice of two small oranges at 5pm, one cup settled strained tomato broth, backache today, just below rib. The juice of two small oranges, back eight today, right side, just below the the ribs. Slept but little last night. Ate two small oranges at 9am. Went after milk and felt very bad. So he went to find milk. Mm. Two small oranges for dinner. Delicious. Sick of oranges by now. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) As he gets to the end of the month, slept better Wednesday night. Kind of frontal headache in a.m. Ate two small oranges, 10am. Ate one and a half cups of hot tomato soup heart nearly up to 95 minute and sweat considerable slept well thursday night another one and a half cups of tomato broth in morning and night pain below the ribs one of the last entries that's recorded did not sleep so very well friday night pain in right side just below ribs in back pain quite in the night ate one and a half cups of tomato broth ate one and a half two plump small oranges felt better afternoon than for the last week by the end of March, he was dead. Oh, I was not surprised after that. That is very depressing. I mean, that's my lunch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, 24 oranges? <laughs> 24 oranges. I, I enjoy an orange. And a bucket um, of soup. <laughs> and a bucket. Strained soup. So it's just, it's just water. All the fun, chunky bits have gone. Well, that's she used to get uh, cans of tomatoes and strain them out so they wouldn't dare to have any of the chunks. Absolutely. No solid bits, indeed. No. They're all for her. Now, I'm assuming she is the size of a house. 
<laughs> she's she's quite a slight woman. She's quite a slight oh, woman. Oh, she, okay. But the local headline in the Seattle Daily News would read after his death. Uh, this is apparently true. Woman MD, in inverted commas, kills yeah, another patient. Good. That's the headline. Another one's dead, Another by the one. way. In 1911, three more healthy men died of starvation. One was Louis E. Radar, a magazine publisher and a former state legislator who weighed just 100 pounds when he died, and he was 5 foot 11, so you can imagine, Lou. Uh, people had come to visit him and tried to convince him to stop Dr. Hazard's treatment. Sometimes they weren't in the sanatorium, they were treated at home or in different locations, but he refused. He refused. And many people thought this was because he was delusional because of the lack of mm. food. So people near the end of their life are going, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm in good care. Another of the deaths was Frank Southard, who had signed over all his assets to Dr. Hazard before he died, even though it turned out he only had $70 to his name. <laughs> but suddenly a puzzle piece falls into place. Why are so many people being allowed to die mm. at the sand? For all the people who are walking out, one death is too many. Surely Dr. Hazard, for the, her lack of medical training, is not so stupid to not have noticed their sorry state, that they were sick and beyond her, her care. And Unless she was more interested in their bank balance than yeah. their heart rates. Don't think she was that fast, really. Enter the Williamson sisters. Claire and Dorothea came to the San in 1911 and they were the perfect guests. They were rich and they were hypochondriacs. I, I'm sorry, I have to say, I'm, also, I'm loving this. They came to the San. We, we've now yeah, abbreviated I, the san, sanatorium to the, to sanatorium the, sand, the sand because we're, we're cool and trendy. It's, we're going to the sand. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little bit of just my school days creeping in there. You know, oh, the sand, the sanatorium. I'm sorry. And also sanatorium is a really long word to write. Shut it's, up. It's a long word, absolutely. <laughs> it's a long word. I will stick to the sanatorium. You've ruined it now. <laughs> no, no, no. No, they've gone to the sand. It's fine. They've gone to the sand. Yes, they had more money than sense and loved a new age treatment. Oh, they were all about the new age treatments. They would send off the books an about orange. it. They loved an orange. They had seen a pamphlet for Dr. Hazard's treatments in a book about new age treatments. And they thought, OK, fine, this is where we need to go. Hasten to Dr. Hazard's office in Seattle. She says that the location of her sanatorium isn't ready yet, which is a bit weird because people have been treated there. You know, hmm. she's got plans to build a new one. But, you know, where she's been working has been open for a while. She treats them this time in their own apartments. And Dr. Hazard herself feeds them broth from canned tomatoes and proceeds to pummel them with painful massages so savage that the women regularly faint all the while okay. she's just asking them as she's just digging the knuckles in about the size of their estate and how their means would be for paying for their treatments just how much money i just need to be absolutely sure well, you've got to know how people are going to pay for stuff you can't give them all these free treatments all this pummeling it doesn't come cheap pummelings don't come cheap absolutely she's obviously ordered like a truckload of oranges that's going to be paid for um, they ain't going to eat themselves well, exactly so the women are growing weaker and weaker and when they're in their most weakened state they're transferred then to dr hazard's home on olala olala <laughs> Oh, oh, la, la. La. <laughs> it doesn't sound, you know, devastating enough, does it? They were transferred to a home on Alala. Yeah, no, it's, it's transferred to a home on Death Island. Death um, Island. That's what we want. Not They transferred to Olala. Olala. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's really sad. The treatments continued, as did the questions about their wealth. And it's not until a letter arrives at the home of Margaret Conway, the childhood nanny of Claire and Dorothea. It seems that one of the sisters, in a moment of lucidity, has written to the nanny, begging her to come and see them. It's not until then that things start to change. Margaret arrives to the news that Claire is dead. Ooh. Cirrhosis of the liver, of Dr. Hazard sniffs at her. 
nothing to do with her treatments. It's a pre-existing condition. Yep, she was bound to die. When Margaret sees the body, Claire weighs less than 50 pounds and is barely recognisable. Dorothy is alive, but similarly is around about 50 pounds and is barely functioning. She is skeletal, delirious, insisting that the doctor is helping her and she doesn't want to go. Mm. She doesn't want to leave. Margaret begins to go through the sister's things and she discovers that Claire had signed over her estate to Dr. Hazard and has given her power of attorney and guardianship of Dorothea. Mm. The handwriting doesn't seem to quite match Ah. up with Claire's, but Hazard is standing there insisting that this is the case it also seems that some of the dead woman's wardrobe and jewelry has gone missing as well (laughs) margaret attempts to leave with dorothea but dr hazard blocks her refuses she is her guardian now and she is in the best of care and margaret cannot compete with her but she's able to send a message to the sister's uncle telling him of the danger they are in he arrives and dr hazard said fine she will let dorothea go for two thousand dollars cool right in 1911 (laughs) he ends up haggling and still pays a thousand dollars to get Dorothea out of there. She escapes barely with her life. The family obviously take Dr. Linda Hazard to court for Claire's murder. They say she is clearly guilty of murder in August 1911. Hazard is defiant and arrogant throughout the process. She insists on being called Doctor. Any of the reporters <laughs> or any of the people in court tried to call her any Miss Hazard or Mrs. Hazard. She's like, Doctor, Mrs. Hazard is my mother-in-law. Shut up. The details of her terif- horrific treatments are read out and she just sort of scoffs at them. The, these comparisons to torture. She claims her treatments did nothing wrong. The women and all the people in her sanatorium were dying anyway. She is being attacked, she says. Attacked for being a successful female businesswoman. Ah, okay. But Dr. Hazard is convicted of manslaughter. She is sentenced to, weirdly, two to 20 years of hard labour. That's quite a, that's quite a range. Yeah. It's sort of between anywhere between there is fine, the judge seems to say. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She only served four years. Okay. Well, it's better than two. Yeah. She's released in 1915. On her release, her and her husband moved to New Zealand where apparently oh. there are lots of her followers in New Zealand. It's a very, uh, I don't know, maybe it there's... It's very culty. It's, it is. It's, <laughs> I it's was going to say culty. it's tenuous, but you're like, no, it's culty, it's culty. But yeah, there's loads of people who are like, yeah, absolutely, fasting, we'll, we'll go for this. She goes to New Zealand. She has lots of followers there. She continues her yeah. practice. Once the authorities in New Zealand find out that she has no license, she isn't a registered doctor, she has a criminal past, she is charged with practising medicine without a licence and is fined a small fee. My God, those small fees. They're, they'll do you in. They will. But she would return to Olala in 1920 <laughs> and she built her the sanatorium that she'd always dreamed of building, her own huge sanatorium, which she called a school for health so Oof. as to avoid prosecution for practising yeah, medicine. Not calling it a hospital or anything, like a clinic or anything like that. It's a school and she continued to oversee fasting treatments there for another 15 years. Desperately upsetting. Until the sanatorium burnt down in 1935. And Dr. Hazard herself died in 1938 while attempting a fasting cure. Ah, good. <laughs> well, she did that to herself. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, well, she deserved it to see what everyone else went through who suffered her Rath. terrible terrible treatments so was dr hazard a serial killer was she a misguided delusional quack well a total of 18 known people died in her care between 1908 and 1912 but no one knows how many more 
might have perished. That is the story of Dr. Hazard. That's a good story. Isn't it curious? As you said earlier, many people have spoken about this or asked us to cover this one. Um, And it's not something that I was familiar with. It's it's really interesting because it's, yeah, is she just an outright evil bitch who Mm. is there to to kill people and get them to sign over their their money? And that's her her goal. Mm. Um, Or does she actually genuinely believe that she's helping people? That she has she has got these miracle cures that if people follow her, that she they will be well, they will be good. Is that sort of a slightly bizarre messiah sort of complex thing going on potentially? I sort of see the appeal of the of the case now because you know with full disclosure, Nick and I have heard about this case before we asked about it. We sort of glanced at it. It's not until you really get into the research of something you really get mm. under the skin of it. But we glanced at it and we thought it, you know it's quite bleak and we put off doing it for a while. But then once you start, you are kind of what went on it's in her quite head yeah, this absolutely. is it's really genuinely interesting because can she be called a serial killer really she she clearly was practicing you know terrible treatments these people died under her care there's no way that she could have not realized how ill they were but play devil's advocate no medical training she thinks that this is the right way to go and that they will be healthier and better and, and apparently 50 pounds is a good look for a person. Maybe she just thought she was doing the right thing. And people could have left whenever they wanted. They could have left. No which one is, did. Which is why have she got away with it for so long? Mm. Uh, well, completely. Is that, yeah, people could have said, no, I've had enough. I'm off. Lots of people did leave and they said she and was great. And lots of people did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's not a lot of stories about them complaining when they were out. I think people were raising eyebrows going, how many people have died? It was called Starvation Heights in the local community. Yeah. Not Wilderness Heights. They called it Starvation Heights because people it's, were it dying. Interesting. Cause, because people, yeah, people did leave and went on to rave about how good it was. And so obviously they did get some sort of benefit out of these treatments that she provided. It's the people who who stuck around and and went quite extreme with it who suffered the most and ended up dying from it. Is that... It is her responsibility, but it's not as if she stabbed them or shot them or anything no, like that. No, it's not she as said, clear-cut as the other murder cases, It's not as clear-cut as, as all the other things we've done. She's given them the means to do it, but said, mm. go on then, have at it, without actually doing anything herself. So that that's, that's, makes it more creepy. Yeah, it's more creepy. Yeah, she didn't do anything to these people apart from give them advice, and they followed on with it. It seems crazy. Why would you put yourself through this kind of hunger? Why would you do that? You only have to, unfortunately, look at people with eating disorders, get to this point of like, no, I want to carry on doing this for for terribly sad reasons, and they're obviously not getting the mental health care that they need or any of the nutrients or anything that will look after them. But she didn't stop them. She no, let them not. go down that route and took their money. So it was later shown that she had forged the the details of Claire's will, like passing all the information over to her. She had stolen from other people. There were lots of... That's a very, very different. Absolutely. That is as guilty as fuck. Yeah. She'd stolen from people. There wasn't a huge amount of, you know, hard evidence. There There was lots of hearsay. There was lots of hearsay later because of the Williamson sisters. But lots of hearsay about, oh, yeah, she stole from this person. She stole from that person. It's possible that she did. And, you know, the rings of her first patient went missing. And maybe she chose them well because they didn't have immediate family who were looking after them. They were self-sufficient until the end. Ah, 
no, yeah, I'm very glad you did that one because that's that's very interesting, much more interesting than I had anticipated. So I want to end this story before we carry on our chat on a serious note. We've talked a lot about the so-called healthy eating and healthy living fads around. We've made jokes at them and they surround us daily and they should be taken seriously due to the fact that they are more often than not harmful to our physical and mental health. No matter our shape or size, our genetic makeup or our mental stability, we've all been told at some point through a piece of advertising or a nicely styled Instagram post that we are not good enough and that the current skinny tea or detox trend or health fad of the month is the only path to self-fulfillment. But whatever they are selling is never the answer and you are worth so much more than a quack cure. I say this from personal painful experience. Whatever the trend I tried only ever made me feel miserable, ashamed and goddamn hungry. So learn well from the tale of Dr. Hazard. Treat your body with respect and don't trust people who take away your snacks. Quite right. Quite right. I agree wholeheartedly. Indeed. Ooh, chilling tales of weird murderers. God, I, lo- I love a thinker piece, don't you? And that is a, that, and that is exactly what that is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a curious one that gets the brain going. It, gets, it, it stirs the brain in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, people? What do you think of Dr. Hazard? We get why people have asked for this one so many times, been covered on other shows and podcasts. I mean, it's it's a really weird topic and it's a sticky topic in a way, but dive in and tell us what your thoughts are. Send us messages, comment on the social media posts. Is she Should she be classified as a serial killer? I mean, she's, she's, she's a shit, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's quite dark and mysterious. The cotillion was a lovely accompaniment to that Went story. Went down a treat. Yeah. Orange juice daily. If it was served like that, we'd be fine. We would yeah, die. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if his journal had said, a cotillion in the morning, a Negroni in the evening, very drunk and hungry, but strangely <laughs> warm and fuzzy. <laughs> but see, after a cotillion in the morning and Negroni of the evening, I would have gone on a rampage for toast. No one could stop me. Um, so <laughs> There's a reason why you can't have alcohol on fasting diets or these sorts of things. <laughs> because you not. would just have a rager. You'd be flipping over tables for a few little Doritos. That's it. Absolutely. Oh, God. But still, tell us what you think of the story. What do you think of Doctor, in inverted commas, Hazard? Mm. And do mix up a cotillion this Friday night. It was it was a bit of a weird one to start with, but you know what? Yeah. Perfectly lovely. Tasty and good vitamin C. I needed it. My sinuses have cleared. <laughs> the bourbon may have helped with that. So as we said earlier, it is Negroni week. So we have a double whammy of cocktails this week. So I'm fully expecting the social to explode with pictures of negronis and cotillions and all manner of lovely cocktails um i want your new variations and new ideas because yeah i need something new to try so let us know delicious thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you bye the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.